Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought about it, i tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. And if you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the program. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? Uh, My mom was a paranoid schizophrenic. It was when I was eight. Okay. And she had this game she played that when she tired of being mom, she would become Judy. And it was like a babysitter. She'd say, your mom is tired. She'll be back. You know, I'm here for a little while. She only did it in front of my sister and myself, never in front of my father, never in front of public. And when I was eight, when we went to the laundromat, she stayed Judy in front of the laundromat owner. He was really confused. Hello, Mrs. Mackerline. She said, no, I'm Judy. And he said, Virginia. And she said, Virginia's not here. I'm Judy. I'm, I'm the babysitter for right now. And he, he, looked at us and walked away. And when we had finished doing all of our wash and we were walking out, I was holding all my clothes tightly to my, he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I looked up into his sweet little eyes and with a really big smile, I said, I don't know. And that was the moment where I realized something is not okay. Our show today is about self-love. It's an extraordinary journey of survival and learning to love and heal herself. Today, Dr. Heather Brown has worked with thousands of individuals and couples in psychotherapy. She is published in hundreds of journals, has an active YouTube channel, and has been featured on TV and media. And as of last weekend, she's a TEDx speaker. So Heather Brown had an odd but wonder-filled childhood. It was beautiful, creative and magical. When your coat is a polar bear that keeps you warm, it is both disturbing and incredible. She had no idea her mother's stories, creativity and pretending to be other people came from schizophrenia. Or that it was unusual until that day her mother became Judy, the babysitter, while they were in the laundromat. She was eight years old and her life took a turn and suddenly was not so wonderful. She witnessed and experienced abuse, trauma, alcoholism and finally abandonment as she was disowned. She left her dysfunctional family at 17 and went to New York and put herself through college. While life had been tough, she had learned how to survive, to function and to act as everything was normal. In her early years, she'd learned to be resourceful, confident and outwardly perfect. But on the inside, she was hollowed out, unloved. She did a lot of churches, a lot of temples, looking for God, meaning and who she was. Acting was her first choice of career, but she was guided to move away from it and trained to be a psychotherapist. Most people read books to learn, and as she read them, she realised that she was the book. As she says, the only person you truly have is you. How do you love and take care of yourself? As you will hear, she explains all of her journey was painful and yet all of those experiences have been the gift that gave her the tools to help others. It is a story of learning to be loved and rebuilding and helping others do the same. And she says we get one shot at being this human, we might as well make it worthwhile. So let's join the conversation with Dr. Heather Brown. 
Heather, thank you so much for being here with me today. Where did it begin for you? Uh, in my childhood, mm. as it does for so many, uh, my mom was a paranoid schizophrenic. And so starting off life with someone who was in this reality and in other realities gave me a very odd experience compared to other people. Hang on a minute. But hang on. I need to qualify that. How did, did you, you obviously didn't know when you were very young that she was a paranoid schizophrenic, but you must have, how did you, how did you piece that one together when you were very young? It was when I was eight. Okay. And she had this game she played that when she tired of being mom, she would become Judy. And it was like a babysitter. And my sister and I both didn't like it when she became Judy. And she'd say, your mom is tired. She'll be back. You know, I'm here for a little while. She only did it in front of my sister and myself, never in front of my father, never in front of public. And when I was eight, when we went to the laundromat, she stayed Judy in front of the laundromat owner. Mm. And he was really confused. Sure. You know, he said, hello, Mrs. Mackerline. She said, no, I'm Judy. And he said, Virginia. And she said, Virginia's not here. I'm Judy. I'm I'm the babysitter for right now. And he he looked at us and, you know, was confused. Eyes glazed, walked away. I was eight at the time. My sister was 10. And when we had finished doing all of our wash and we were walking out, I was holding all my clothes tightly <sighs> to my chest. And he, he looked at me and he said, are you okay? Mm. And I looked up into his sweet little eyes and with a really big smile, I said, I don't know. <sighs> and we walked out of the laundromat. And that was the moment where I realized something is not okay. I didn't know she was a paranoid schizophrenic until I was a teenager because I, I didn't have no. words for what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm 60. So 50 years ago, it wasn't talked about. And so no, I have things... no clue what was happening. Mm, those things weren't, were they? They were kind of the, the kind of like, hmm. So how did life unfold for you in, in that? Because that's a very, very surreal childhood. Oh. I all over the place. It unfolded all and 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 broke and cracked all over the place. I mean, it was a it was a beautiful childhood because of the magic and the creativity and the wonder and the awe. And it was confusing as all get out and emotionally overwhelming. Mm. Um, so it accumulated when I was 16 and she killed herself because she just couldn't live here anymore. Sorry, I wasn't and expecting that bit. <laughs> Then my whole family fell apart even further because mm. we were all these people who'd just been trying to keep mom alive all these years. And I realized at that point that I, I really probably needed to get some help because I didn't really know how to live in the world because my world had been so distorted mm. and now it was so shattered. Mm. Um, and so I was disowned because I wasn't going to live my life the way my dad told me I needed to live my life. So I went off to New York and put myself through college and started to really read a lot of books, do a lot of soul searching, went to a lot of churches and temples and got into therapy to try to figure out like, how do I, how do I do life and what is life? And I fell in love with the process mm. and did a tremendous, tremendous amount of healing. And then as I started to move into my 20s and later on in my 20s, I had this huge desire to help other people be able to live in this world in whatever way people needed to live in this world. And I had a huge heart for people who were struggling with that. And that turned into me. So what, what happened is I was going to be an actress because um, I loved living a different life than mine. And one day God just slammed me over the side of my head. And he said, instead of pretending to be someone whom you are not, how about you help people be who they are to be? And I, wow. Okay, God. And so that then veered it toward this is now going to be my career. So I went to several schools and said, you know, I've been on my own since I'm 17. My whole life has been a psych story. I will be an amazing therapist, but I cannot pay for my master's program. I'm still 
massively in debt from my undergrad program. And um, the school said, no, you know, you're in, but no scholarship. And one school reacon said, no one has ever asked this. And I said, I'm asking. <laughs> and I said, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll clean the toilets. I will be a filing person. I'll be your security guard. I'll feed the cats. I'll do whatever you need me to do, but I cannot pay for this. And they said, okay. And so I got a full ride scholarship, which was the best gift in the whole wide world. From when? And Rio Con College in Mar Vista, California, an right. amazing school and um, stayed on there for my doctorate, uh, which had to be paid for. Um, but by which time you were probably earning a bit. So I'm sorry, by which time you were probably earning a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, it's okay. you know, I asked and they're like, no, Heather, you don't need that. And I'm like, okay, but I do. So I'll get it. But an amazing experience, incredible teachers, incredible. It was such a great experience. And I was just, oh my goodness, learning so much about what had happened to my childhood and where, where I had gotten lost and how to help somebody else through the process. And I, I just fell madly in love with it. I mean, that. you know, some I'm people read the, read the books on this stuff, but you were the book in some ways, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> and and also what was interesting is when I stepped into practice, I realized, oh my goodness, I can help with, with mental instability, alcoholism, child abuse, sexual abuse, abandonment, rape. Fi financial hardship. Mm. So there's so much that I can help people. Mm. Grief and loss. There's so reparenting yourself. There's so much that I can help people with. And so I've had a, a plethora in my little bag to pull from. Um, but it's a gift because when people come, there's not that much that I don't have some experience in. And if I don't, I'm incredibly incredibly respectful to get them to someone who's more skilled than I, mm. because I think it's very important to honor the person you're working with, to give them the very best you can for them. And if it's not me, I want to make certain that they get to someone who knows how to help them better than I do. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, oh, dear me. So um, I'm kind of looking to, I mean, you obviously left home at 16 because you said you were disowned. How did you manage... 17. How did you manage that? How did you just walk out and leave? And, and wh where did you go? I mean, I, I don't think the US is the most easiest country to just up sticks and leave and do nothing, is it? I mean, well, it is if you're in school. So okay. I was, I was very sharp. I was, I was very, very smart. And so I went to college. And so I just took out a, a ton of student loans, <clears throat> Okay. went to college. And, you know, my, my, my school package was the tuition room and board. So right. All of that was covered. So, I mean, I was scrappy. I went to all my teachers and I said, I'm, I'm putting myself through college and school books are expensive. So if you happen to have an extra copy or if you can save one for me in the library, I won't be able to purchase them. And my teachers, bless their hearts, just had a huge heart for me. And they'd say, I found a used copy you could borrow. Like, awesome. <laughs> and the, the library had com a computer. So I could go there and I could type up um, my my report. So they had typewriters I could borrow. And so I could use the typewriter if because we I think we had like two computers for the whole school. So if they were booked out, I could use a, a typewriter, babysat, nannied, you know, worked in a store here and there. I, I'm a scrappy person. So I just made it work. And then I had quite a bit of student loan that I needed to pay off. The challenge was when we hit holidays. And I had no place to go. And mm. I remember Thanksgiving when they announced that the dorm's going to close for Thanksgiving. And I remember thinking, oh, wow. So I went to my RA and I said, I, I realized the school's closing. I have nowhere to go. Um, is there any way there could be an exception that I could stay in my room or could there be like in a sleeping bag? Could I stay in a room? And she said, the school won't allow it. And I'm like, okay. And it was such an embarrassing thing. <sighs> but I literally had to go to the people in my classrooms and say, I mean, obviously I went to the people I liked the most. <laughs> and I said, this is a massive ask. And I don't want you to feel um, responsible. Uh, 
But if your family might not mind having a visitor for the holiday, I don't have anywhere to go. And so uh, Diana brought me home to her family. Lovely. And it was a very humbling place to be in that spot. I actually have been a couple times because then and then, you know, finishing school at one point, a roommate situation, one of the roommates bailed out. I'd already given notice on my apartment. We couldn't move in. And so I had to couch hop for two weeks. Then I got tired of couch hopping. So I lived in my car for two weeks. Can't technically say I was full on homeless, but kind of homeless for mm. a month. So I've had to do odd things to make it through. Um, but I've always gotten through. Mm. It, it, it's kind it, of the story it, of my life. And so I'm hoping 60s beyond is let's just live in abundance and plenty and joy and, and connectedness. Yeah. I'm a widow. I had You've done the hard bit. You've done the hard bit. I'm, yeah. On the hard bed. Yeah. So it's time for the fairy dust to all align and the glitter to come in for the golden age. <laughs> and I think it's going to, or at least I'll buy a lot of bubbles in the in the meantime. I mean, normally on this podcast, I would be asking about what was driving you in those years in terms of because it's a it, you know the, the first questions podcast is what are you passionate about and how does that passion matured over those years. What was driving you was survival. That's hardly passion. Survival is stronger than passion. I think it probably is because it's it in Maslow's hierarchy of need. It's down the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. But then beyond that, then there was this huge awareness of I'm not living. I, I, like I'm getting through. And so it was freshman year of college. Freshman year of college was massive. Um, and a, a girl named Susan, bless her heart, she was on my floor in the dorm room and she said to me one night, what is it like to be perfect? And I looked at her and I was like, what? And she said, you're literally perfect. You're like Barbie. Wow. I'm like, what? She goes, you're brilliant. Everyone likes you. I, I got the lead in the play for the school, which freshmen can't even audition but I got the lead so she's like you're incredibly talented and you're beautiful and I broke I was this like blubbering idiot snot everywhere I just so did not look like Barbie and poor Susan you know she thinks she's giving me a compliment and I'm going into a mental breakdown and I said, I am so far from perfect. I'm I'm here on my own. I'm disowned. I'm $10,000 in debt. I don't know where I'm going for Thanksgiving. Hmm. And she was gracious and kind and then like walked away. And I don't think she ever spoke to me again. And I, I don't blame her. <laughs> but I went back to my dorm room and I thought, dear God, Heather, what's wrong with you? You're way too good of an actress. And you're going to be lonely your entire life mm. if you don't learn how to open up, be real, and let someone actually love you. And so I went to get help. And mm. that was the key because I fell into a dark depression. Mm. I would never kill myself, but I, I absolutely wanted God to take me because I, did, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to exist well, you had, had no role model. You had no role model a, at all, and you 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 had you had a dysfunctional upbringing. So how could you possibly how could you possibly know what it meant to be an adult when you actually didn't even get a chance to be a child? I I didn't know how it meant to be anything no, other indeed. than you just keep doing and working and taking care of others. And so then, when the focus was me taking care of me, I. It's not that I didn't know how to take care of me because the, the, you know, the, the big picture, sure. Like I was in a great school and I was a straight A student. You know, I had a quarter to my name, but, but I, 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 I know how to do the functionality of life. I had to learn that at a very young age mm. because I had to like do meals and do laundry and talk to adults about, you know, your mother having a mental breakdown at the age of eight. So that I knew how to do, but how to experience like my feelings, what I thought, 
what I felt. Oh my gosh, I had no clue of any of that. And so that's really been my life journey of learning how to, to, to relive my life connected. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of inner child work. There's been a lot of deep spiritual work for why am I here and, and how do I utilize what I've gone through to hopefully bless others in their journey of trying to stay true and honest with themselves. And the older I get, the more I see that all these challenges, all these places of struggle, all these places of being disowned or abused or abandoned, they've all taken me to the same place, which is, it's like, wow, I I wish I didn't have to go through all that to learn it. But all I have is me. Mm. Like all any of us have is us. Yeah, We can have beautiful communion with others and we can have times we're a part of other people's lives and that's glorious. But the only person you truly have is you. And how do you take care of yourself? And how do you love yourself? And how do you protect yourself? Be your own best friend. How do you be your own best friend? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's beautiful. And so I look at these places where I'm like, why am I a widow? And like, you know, why don't I have family? And why, 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 why? And it's like, because. You 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 met someone special by the sounds of it. No, I'm a widow. You're a widow. Mm-hmm. My okay. husband died almost nine years ago. Okay, so you did meet someone special at some point, I said. Oh yeah, I was married. I have two kids. Oh lovely, mm-hmm. oh, lovely. So that was what that was my next question because you no, know, coming from a, a situation where relationships were difficult as a child, finding relationships as you get older can, can be also another challenge. Obviously, you obviously got that well, sorted. Well, somewhat. I mean, to where I was. so my role was, I just want to make you happy okay. and I'll do everything I can to make you happy, which is incredibly attractive on some level to yeah. someone, but it's also someone who's setting themselves up to be taken advantage of by someone who doesn't really see and, and doesn't have the, you know, the responsibility to see what is this other person's need. And so um, I loved my husband, beautiful heart, beautiful soul, did such beautiful things in the world, but I still didn't really stand in my own body a lot. So, you know, I would be the breadwinner or I would make it work. And I've always been that person to take care of everybody else. And the longer I go through life, the more I start to realize that, that I'm creating that and there's a place for me to not. The places where we feel we get hurt the most, wronged the most, not recognized the most, we got to look at how are we creating that for ourselves. And for me, it came out of that place of, I don't know if I have value or worth. I know I do as long as I'm taking care of you or doing for you or loving you or making your life amazing. Mm. But if I don't do that, would you love me? And so most of my life, I made sure that I was amazing and I was dazzling and I was incredible and it was really fun, but it wasn't vulnerable. Mm. And to be your own best friend, it's really yeah. important to be open to what is that and then how do you take care of that? Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of what I learned in my marriage, those places of me sharing my heart and and going through the healing process of that and the places where you hurt each other and then going through the healing process of that. Mm. Yeah. It sounds familiar, this stuff to me, because I, I, I do something similar. I'm a carer. Mm. I do lots of a caring. A lot of us are. I do a lot a of lot. caring, a lot of caring for the people to the, to the detriment of myself. I heard a quote just the other day, it'll resonate with you, that people who um, focus on caring for others, I'm not going to say are doing so, but might be doing so to heal that part of them that was not cared for. I think think there's also something about validation for me, because when someone, when I do something for someone, they are pleased or delighted and I get 
validation by being someone pleased and delighted at me. Absolutely. Which is, I appreciate is an ego thing, but you know, it's one of those things. Something that we need to work with anyway. <laughs> All of us. All of us. So, I mean, that's an, an amazing story. And, and, you know, yes, you've got to 60 and, you've, and you're still learning it by the sounds of it. And, but I guess you will be. I mean, every day. Mm. Every day I have new awarenesses. Every single day. Mm. I had one just the other day where I had a client and he said he, said he was self-insecure. And something went off in my head and I went, oh, go with me here. He's mm-hmm. a brilliant 18-year-old, brilliant kid. And I said, what if we don't look at it in that way? What if we don't look at it as being self-insecure? What if we look at it as being self-unsecured? Mm. I think that's what you're really saying. You're not secured within yourself. And so you're looking at others to see if they will give you that. But because you're not secured within yourself and because people can change in what they think and what they feel, you're leaving yourself at at a haphazard situation. What if before you step in, you take a moment to go within, ground yourself with your inner being, ground yourself with God and source and spirit and all of that and get yourself solid. And then when you have all of that, stepping into the world, it's a little easier to say, do I fit here? Am I desired here? Or am I not? Because you know what you are. And it was a beautiful session. That knowledge was as much for me as it was for him. And so I'm blessed with those nuggets Mm. all the time. it, It leads me beautifully into my next question, which is about success. Okay. So success by a lot of people's measure is defined by something outside of them Mm. i'll be successful when i hit the six figures i'll be successful when i get the promotion because when we were children that's how it was you know learn to walk success learn to talk success you know study hard success all these things were rewarded that they were journeys places you had to be to be successful and suddenly when we get older and become adults success is still measured like that but of course, and, it can be. How do you measure success for yourself? Uh, joy, peace, light, adventure, spirit within yeah. my being. Yeah. Am I successful by the world standards? Yeah. I have a doctorate. I have a successful career. Got great children. I have a home. I live in California. I'm healthy. Absolutely. Um, by the world standards, do I see that success completely? And it was hard work to get there, but where am I really successful? And that's living a life of learning to love myself Mm. more and more deeply and more and more fully and Mm. embracing all the places that I have a lot of work to still do and say, it's okay. Thank God you're only 60. We've got 30 more years. Yeah, yeah, I'm 62. I got 30 more years. This is my 60th year. And it was um, mine too. Quite a revelation, that isn't it? When you, when you, t- when you hit that number, you kind of get it's, oh, yeah. it's a big number. I know. So to me, it's am I living in joy? Am I grateful for today? Mm. Do I feel like I am experiencing? nature am i touching someone's heart am i letting my heart be touched i had an awareness maybe six months ago and i said to my daughter she's a glorious human being i said to her i can receive your love more deeply than i have been and she said mom that's that's a huge awareness where did that come from like what showed you that i'm like really nothing but i've just realized i can receive love more deeply. And I can also offer love more deeply. So for me, a place of success is part of that. Did I experience, did I truly experience joy today? Wonder today? Awe? Did I learn something? It's hard though to pin those down because we don't, we're not used to kind of acknowledging and, and identifying feelings at that level. 
I guess for me, it's easy because I am so fairy being raised with my mom. It was magical at times looking for fairies in the, the, the yard and her coat was Ivan the polar bear. So it was very magical childhood whimsy. Um, but I have an unbelievably deep connection with nature. Nice. So I'll look at a rose and I'll fall, I'll fall in love with it or like butterflies they come to me. Cranes. When I go on a bike ride by the beach, a cr- everyone who knows me is like, there's your bird. They come to me. People see it with butterflies too. They're like, are they surrounding you? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I thank them. When a butterfly crosses my path, I say, bless you. Thank you. I see you. I'm so grateful for you. So the implication a- to that for me is that you are in tune with the, with the world around you. You are deeply yeah. in tune with it. That's where my joy is. Yeah, of because, course. I mean, of course. And, and it's, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill that we all had at some stage, and indigenous people still have it. And we so... Children are, are blessed. Are, it's a skill. Yes. It's a war. It's a rock. And then we get into the practicalities of life, which we need to, because, you know, you got to pay the bills and do all the stuff you have to do. But I continue to have a deep, deep love connection with nature, people come to my house and they say it's the fairy house. And it is, there's bird baths and there's bird feeders and there's beautiful flowers. And it's lovely mm. because I, I feel happy surrounding myself in beauty. And and I love sharing that with others. And, and it's something that anyone can have, you know, because I, I remember when my son was young, we, I mean, we live near, the, near a, a community. So we went to the community for an event, a children's event in the gardens there. And once day we all stood around the pond and all holding hands and just standing around the pond. And, and it was like a blessing. But eyes were closed and the children, and, and while, while that was happening, everyone went quiet. And I noticed, I, I opened my eyes from it just to keep, make sure that my little one wasn't going to step into the pond in front of us. So I, I did keep my eyes open. But I noticed dragonflies had come into the ring and they were circling the in, in around the ring of people. Now, I guess it might have been the shadows that we created over the pond, but it could also just be the fact that we were all there concentrating on the peace and the tranquility and, and creating this field that the dragonflies was, were flying around. Well, and I think they want to. Yeah. I mean, if I was a butterfly, wouldn't I want to be noticed? Yeah. And seen? Although we all had our eyes closed. No one saw it except me. <laughs> but how, what a glorious experience for mm, you. It was. It was a one. It was it was very magical. Very magical. Yes, absolutely. And so I try to I try to give myself those those opportunities. Mm. You know, nice. I I look at flowers, I, I look at butterflies, I look at birds, I talk to nature. Um, when COVID hit, I had a rosemary plant and a basil plant. And I decided like, I'm going to test this out. So I'm going to talk to these two herbs every day and see what happens. And I took photos and it was wild (sighs) because after about two weeks, I sent them to my kids and they're like, mom, there's no way they grew like three inches. And then also, and this was wild, basil and rosemary had a love affair because I'd wake up in the morning and they would be like twisted. And I'm like, no, 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 you two. And I'd untwist them and put them back in their respective pots next morning. And after untwisting them two times, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, want to have a love affair? They can have a love affair. But it was amazing. And it was simply me loving the experience of these plants living in my house and that I got to take the time because I normally wouldn't be watching them all day long because I'd be at the office Mm. and I got to experience a very different experience because of that. So Mm. to me, I daily try to give myself a little bit of time in nature to see what is there. Now I live in California, which is, an amazing place to live if you can't afford it and if you can deal with all that goes on in being in California. But there's so much beauty, the mm. ocean, the, the weather's amazing. So you see birds every day, you see butterflies every day. The grass is green. 
the ocean's right there. So there's so much around me. And I, um, I'm really grateful for that. And mm. I take advantage of it, for sure. Lovely. Yeah. So what about contribution? There's, then there's two sides to contribution. There's the outward contribution and there's the inward contribution. So let's deal with the outward first, which is contribution to the world. How do you see yourself contributing to the world? I offer love. I offer joy. I offer support. Mm -hmm. uh, I offer wisdom that comes from a different way of seeing life. In Orange County, I'm called the reframe queen because I will go to the other side and say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's tweak this. Let's move this a little bit. So everything is both. Everything is in the having of or in the absence of dark and light good and bad, everything defines itself within the other. You can't understand darkness if you don't understand light and vice versa. So we have the option of which way are you going to look at it? Are you going to look at the problem or are you going to look for the solution? Mm -hmm. Are you going to look for the hurt or are you going to look for the request? Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely mm -hmm. deal with the, the shadow side and the, the dark side but but the way to healing is through the light. And I think I am really skilled at that. And so I offer those awarenesses a lot. I did a TikTok a little while back and I said, a yes is also a no. Because it is both. Hmm. Everything is both. And if hmm. you look at that, if I say, yes, I will do your podcast today, I'd be, I'd be delighted to be here with you and your listeners. I am saying no. I can't have a session right now because I'm doing something else that I'm choosing to do instead of that. Yeah. And then if I say, yes, I'll have a session right now, then I need to say, I'm so sorry, I can't be here for your podcast. So there's the place of looking at, if I'm caring for you, am I negating me? Hmm. Or is there a way in contribution to have it somewhat come together breath is an inhalation and an exhalation it's both hmm. you contribute to yourself you contribute to the plants so everything is both and what i find is the beauty is in the awareness of that truth if you focus on i must love myself we get really botched up well, I don't like this and I don't like this and I don't like this. Whereas if you focus on, I'm just going to focus on feeling love and being love and receiving love and experiencing love and offering love. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not really important, but I'm feeling awesome because yes. I'm full of love and I'm a part of everything that's experiencing my love. So the beautiful aspect of contribution is if you let yourself see it, it's 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 both. And that's the place you can have great joy in giving and also being aware that you're receiving. Every gift, there's two sides. Even mm. if you don't say thank you to me, I can say thank you to me. Like, Heather, that was lovely that you offered that. It's, it's okay that they didn't say thank you back. It was a lovely thing that you did that. Mm. And it was a lovely thing. I gave that to you. So there's a freedom if you don't require the answer, the kudos to come from the other, but to come from who you are in your essence. And for me, what's been really helpful about that is it lets me let go of what the world wants of me, which happens a lot. You know, I don't want you to believe this. I don't want you to think this. I don't want you to do this. You must do it like this because this is more comfortable for me. We all are that way, but nobody has the right to tell me. I mean, they can say it, but I don't have to change who I am because somebody else thinks I need to. Mm -hmm. How freer and freer for me that I that I really I mean I get to choose who I am the contribution you side the, the, the other side it. of contribution is that contribution to the self and obviously the, the kind of work you do 
is all about contributing to the self. And others. And others. But, largely but, with but you've also got to feed yourself. So how do, what, what, what is your process around keeping yourself healthy and fed through your own contribution? Well, I have a, I have a way of doing life. And so I start the morning in, in gratitude and appreciation and gratefulness. I have a morning devotion. I have a morning meditation. Um, I try, I try to not let myself cheat myself out of that. So I start the morning in um, a prayer. Uh, let me see what it is that I am to see. Let me hear what it is that I am to hear. And let me offer that which will serve others and myself. Nice and so then I look at the day, I think differently than a lot of people do. And so all day long, I'm looking for like, what is it about today that it's important for me to recognize? And where can I offer more love? I have the strong belief that everything that is not working in our world could be benefited by more love. And whenever we're in a situation where there's hurt and anger and frustration and discomfort, doubt, fear, there needs to be more love. And so I've let it be my choice to decide I will just offer more love. And the more you feel good in doing that, the more magical the world becomes around you because people feel it and people see it. My daughter said to me, she said, mom, there's a word that I think of whenever I think of you. And I said, oh, what is it? <laughs> she said, graciousness. You're gracious. And I went, but <laughs> what a beautiful thing yeah when your, kids, so when, do, when your kids recognize that of you it's a brilliant thing so i do try to live in that place mm. then throughout the day i am thanking the people that i work with for their time for the insights they give me for the opportunity to serve them in that way um i try to be in nature try to move my body try to love on people. So a lot of my day is in appreciation of what is this? And I, I absolutely do try to stay present. I'm, I'm learning how to do so more and more all the time, you know, but we all have to do stuff. So there's a lot of stuff you got to take care of throughout all of that. But I try to recognize that this day, this life is a gift mm. and it's going to end. I'm only going to be Heather for so long. And at the end of my life, I really do hope I can say like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for letting me have life. Thank you for letting me be Heather and experience what it was to be in this human form. And like together, like we did a lot of good and we loved a lot of people and we were dearly loved. Will I be able to say at the end of my life that I've done everything that I've wanted to do? 100% not. 100% not. There's not time. But will I be able to say that I have touched a lot of lives and helped a lot of people? Yes. Yes. Brings me beautifully to my next question. Meaning. What's it all for? Why oh, whatever you this? Why are we doing this? Whatever you want it to be. What's it could it be a game. What's it for it, you? What's it for you? It's going to sound airy-fairy, but it is uh, the opportunity to find magic, joy, love, delight, learning, connection. Mm -hmm. All the things you just said you wanted to be before your life ends, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. What gives my life meaning <clears throat> is that I chosen to love my life yeah. and your kids think you've got grace so yeah, it's amazing yeah but but you can give it whatever meaning i am here too it has no meaning life has absolutely no meaning whatsoever other than the one you choose to give it <laughs> right. so for me i want it to be about feeling being offering sharing love mm. joy light hope awe wonder childlikeness, play, fun, adventure, and doing the hard stuff you have to do along the way to free yourself up for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
if you ask people why why is Heather here, the thing I hear from a lot of clients is, I just need my Heather fix. And I laugh because I know what they're saying. They come <laughs> for a session and I love all over them. And I try to help them shift their brain out of negativity and victim and poor me. And this is all crap to, well, then great. Awesome. Let's not do this this way anymore. Let's change it up. Let's what what change is the plan? And so people leave rejuvenated, excited, restored to a certain extent, depending upon how much they're willing to let themselves move. I don't work well with, I don't, with people who really want to hold on to, I have been victimized and the world needs to pay me back. I, I don't. And well, because you because you fought back against that, and you and you didn't do it yourself. So there's no way you're going to accept someone else doing it, taking that excuse, is there? I had someone call me really early in my practice, and she said that it was her mother's fault, and her father's fault, and her boyfriend's fault, and her boss's fault. And so I said, I just have one question before I'll decide if I'll work with you. And she said, decide if you'll work with me. And I said, yeah, it's an important question because otherwise I'm not the right person for you. And she said, what is it? And I said. You've shared with me all the people who are messing up your life. And she said, yes. And I said, is any part of this your responsibility? And she said, no. Mm. And I said, well, there's no reason for us to meet then. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I I need to meet with your dad and your Mm. mom and your boyfriend and your boss Mm. and your dog, because they're the ones who are messing up your life. Mm. And she was dead silent so i that's an energy that for me um could really benefit from the way i think but you did her a favor a big favor i think so i hope she thought so no she wouldn't have thought so at the time but she may have come around to a couple of years later (laughs) i hope so because I know I have felt like a victim. I know I have been a murderer. I think we all yeah, probably we all have to go through our victim bit, don't we? We have to do our bitch whining and moaning point. I had one day where I realized a martyr is actually a victim who's wearing a tiara. <laughs> when I got there, I'm like, oh dear God, that's that's just that's I know, just I journal and sometimes I get into the morning, I get into a rant. And then I leave a gap and then I get a reply, you know, and I get I get these insights and sometimes these insights will come as do you do you, do you want to stay in this place or you want to move on? You know, it's like and it's almost like it's a higher part of myself saying, you know, get a, you know, get your game on, geezer, you know. It's all a choice. This And what I come back to a lot is like, how am I feeling? Mm. Am I feeling an energy that is pleasing, blessing, beautiful. And if not, then I have to ask myself, well, what am I thinking? Because I'm thinking something that's creating a feeling. The thought comes first. Oh, Heather, you're an idiot. Oh, so if I can find what the thought is. And so I'll ask myself a lot. Do you like the way you're feeling? And if the the answer is no, then I'm like, okay, then what's a better thinking thought? Or I'll say, you know, is this a thought you want to keep thinking? Someone cuts you off on the freeway and you think, oh, you're such an idiot. I hate you. And I'll say, is that a thought you want to keep thinking? And like, no, I'm like, better thinking thought. Thank I, I think that's the skill that needs that you, you develop that skill where you can drop a thought. And I noticed that I know it's in my family because my father did it. I know he would run stories and mm-hmm. I know that I have the same capacity and I catch myself running running a theme and all i'm doing is building the energy on that theme and it goes as you go round, as it goes round and round and round i'm just making myself feel worse and worse and worse and i have to find a way of breaking that and often it's change the activity go for a run do something else yeah it's quite hard to change that that feeling particularly if yeah, they're you external. have to change the it's, thought. Yeah, but it's quite hard to change the thought if there are external circumstances driving the thought and you can't change the circle. Yeah. So it's like, <sighs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. I have because a lot of admiration for these people that can just walk away from something and leave it alone and not hold it. You're not going to be in the hospital, you know, as a quadriplegic and think, oh, well, I'm glad I still have my heart. I mean, you're not. No, you're going to no. be going through hell for a really really long time 
And I don't wish that for anybody, but, but we have to deal with what reality is. But at, right after that point, then there is the question of, well, what's the quality of your life in what reality is? I have a podcast guest that went through that and it took us six months. So, yes. Oh, I believe it. Thank God I have never been chosen for that. Yeah. So, look, let's move us on to what you do now and who you can help and what wisdom you want to give us from this perspective. Well, I'm... uh, Not that you've given us loads of wisdom already, by the way. I mean, it's been an amazing conversation so far. So, uh, it's not what you have. But, you know... I'm a psychotherapist, and yeah. so there's that. Um, I have workshops where I offer Zoom workshops. Um, I have a TEDx coming out in September. I have a couple's compassionate uh, communications book coming out in January. So there's lots. I have an email list where I send out tips and 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 techniques on communication and connection. My big wheelhouse is um, you know, how to be healthy as a human being in this world. How do we communicate well with others and with ourselves so that communication is a love letter? And then I do have a very large awareness of dealing with loss and grief because of my life. So mm. those are the big pieces that that I bring to the table uh, most commonly. So anybody who's interested, you can always go to my website. It's www d r h e a t h e r b r o w n e dot com. Tons of freebies. Uh, you can reach out to me if you have questions uh, for psychotherapy. That's in California because that's where my license is. Mm. Uh, for coaching or the workshops or things like that, you know that can be worldwide. Mm. So any questions anyone has, come. But there's quite a few freebies. There's a lot of podcasts on there. A lot of articles I've written for Brains Magazine and Inc. Magazine. And uh, it's kind of a wealth of resources Mm -hmm. um, after doing this for 27 years. So Mm. I'm huge on TikTok and social media. So feel free to follow me or reach out if you have questions. Uh, If I can't be the one to work with you, I certainly will do my best to try to guide people in a direction to find the resources that are out there for them, or at least who to reach out to. And I'm happy to do that if I can. So So what what is it, the big thing that you, the the question you think people need to ask themselves, what's the one question that would move their life forward, maybe? In this moment right now, how can I love myself a little bit more fully? Hmm. And a little bit more gently. If we choose to love ourselves more and more and more and more, everything else works. Our challenge is in not enjoying our experience of us. And then we look at the conditions of the world and say, this is crap. This is awful. Why does this always happen to me? But if you can hold on to like, I'm going to love myself as much as I possibly can. And I'm going to learn to do more so all the time, then you're very different in the world. I had someone reach out to me today and she said, you talked a couple of months ago about thinking about wanting to do a mother wound retreat. And she said, can we talk more about that? So I reached out to my daughter and I said, guess what just popped into my lap? (laughs) I live in the viewpoint of why would the world not want to create incredible, beautiful, wonderful experiences for me and for everybody else. Mm. This is a beautiful game, experiment, movie, gift, story, if we want it to be. And I know the universe wants to love me. I know God and you know energy wants to love me. I know people on this earth want to love me. So it's like, why would I not really try to love myself? And so the more you let yourself look at, well, how am I taking care of myself? Mm. How am I talking to myself? How am I treating myself? Where am I hurting myself or not recognizing myself or sabotaging myself? And, you know, I have to look at, look at those places. I have 12 extra pounds on my body right now and I'm not used to it. But when I was writing the book and when I was doing the online course, um, I wasn't getting as much exercise and I was eating more like chocolate and things that I enjoyed. And I have to look at that back now and say, okay, choice you made, but you got to change things up a little bit if you want to be feeling better within your body. Mm. So there's a place of asking yourself, how am I feeling being me? 
And if the answer isn't neutral to really good, there's something there to attend to. Mm -hmm. This is your life. We get one shot being this human. I find that stupendous and wild, but I don't want my life just to go by. And then one day, okay, I guess I'm done now. I, I, I want magic to have gone on through me, by me, for me. And so to me, that's the place that I would focus. How alive are you feeling? Mm. I, one thing I'm left with, one thing I'm left with here and is that you, your childhood was incredibly difficult, but the one gift it gave you was the appreciation of magic. 100%. So I, I've, I've done a lot of poetry uh, in years past. And one thing that I said is colorful mm. is just another word for crazy. And they're very close. Like fear and excitement are actually very close. Mm. Yes. You can see that you can see it in, the you can see it in the fairground, can't you? They're right there. Yes. And so you just have to ask yourself, well, which one feels better? Anticipation feels a whole lot better than fear. They're so similar. Um, crazy and magic, they walk that line. They walk that line. And so with my mom, it, there was a lot of trying to hold on to the magic aspect so that you didn't have to recognize thinking your coat is a polar bear mm. is a little disturbing. Yes. But if it's not disbing, it's incredible. It's amazingly so it's an amazingly creative life, and that's how, that's what, and it's very childlike, isn't it? That idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we 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 finish our time together? Well, just that I hope this has been a blessing to people. Um, I'm sure the thoughts have been a little different than some of the things you're used to, and I hope you'll take what what fits and what doesn't, throw it away in the rubbish because it's not for you. And just really give yourself the opportunity to honor yourself. You were the only one who really, truly knows how to take care of you, what you need, what you want, and let that be your truth instead of thinking the world is to do it or your partner is to do it or your mom is to do it. It's lovely when they do, but make certain you're taking the time to recognize like, this is my life. This is my day. Who do I choose to be? And how do I feel in this experience of it? It starts to become pretty amazing. Nice. The more you care about that, little, little teeny things, light a candle, drink a little more water, have a soft blanket, look at the bottom of a rose, look mm. into your dog's eyes, tell someone they're precious. There's such sweet little simple delights and those are the most spectacular. Do you... Do you spend time reflecting on how the Grand Canyon looked when you went or remembering when your partner looked in you in the eyes and said that they were madly in love with you? Like mm. it's the little things that mean the most. Absolutely. Because they touch our heart. And so just make certain you're touching your heart and taking care of it, blessing it. And then bless everybody else in the process. Heather Brown, that's a wonderful way to end this podcast. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a You're lovely very day. Welcome. Have a lovely day. As well. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Dr. Heather Brown. If you would like to catch up with Heather, you can find her at her website, which is drheatherbrown.com. You can also find her on TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes, she's a big social media user. So do check out Heather's, Heather's pages because she is clearly a very, very interesting lady. All those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. And while you're there, do check out the other resources. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and the sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, 
you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time. Certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey. Because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought. Because, you know, your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions, ebook and worksheets. Now, this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery. And it's at the amazing price of just $12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.